providing real solutions for real industry challenges. Welcome to FNF Unplugged, the talk of the title industry. Ed Molitor, thank you for joining FNF Unplugged. We have known each other for quite a while, right? You're a mortgage broker, but I knew you as a basketball coach and a very good one, I may add. Well, I appreciate that. You're a very competitive son of mine, as well as uh, maybe some competitive parents as well. (laughs) Now you're coaching for a different audience. So tell us how your journey has played out. Well, first of all, thank you very much for having me here, Linda. This is this is an honor. I'm really excited to be with you. And, and yes, uh, your son, Eddie, was quite competitive and he did come from great stock. The apple did not fall very far. My journey is a bit interesting, but a, a long story short, when I graduated from college, uh, I got into the world of coaching college basketball. Um, I grew up a coach's son, originally from the south side of Chicago, uh, the old Catholic League. And really, those values have been instilled in me at an early age. What I mean by those values is really simple, that athletics are a microcosm of life. And for me personally, what my reference point was, was basketball, and that basketball was a frame of mind game. And so, uh, in 1998, I was an assistant coach at Texas A&M. It was my second season there, and I was working for the gentleman that I had played for at Creighton University. And we, he was let go. He was let go about three weeks ago in the season. We finished up the season. And when, you know, the head coach is let go, it's, it's not a matter of if they want us to leave. It's how fast can you pack your office and get out. And um, so I, I was 28 years old and I decided, you know what, basketball has been my entire life. And I know there's some other things out there that I might be interested in doing. I'm going to step away. And I moved back to Chicago and I got into the mortgage industry. And it was a wonderful time. I mean, it was 1998. It was the start of the refi boom. Uh, I lived in the city. Um, It was just, it was a really good time to be in that business, a great place to be in that business. Um, But I was absolutely, I I was not, and we'll get into this later in the podcast, I was not happy. Um, I mean, I made a lot of money, but I moved from what I thought was a transformational business at that time into the transactional business of the the mortgage industry. But it was awesome. You know, I mean, it was, so I bounced back and forth between coaching college basketball and business world. Uh, And then the last nine years leading up to uh, launching the Molitor Group, uh, I was vice president of operations for a recruiting firm where we specialized in placing former military uh, in jobs throughout the country. And I loved it. And it was very, very rewarding. But I finally figured out, uh, I've been a slow learner sometimes, but I finally figured out what it was I missed about the coaching industry. And it was a long-term, deep relationships where you really see the development and growth of the folks you work with. Because as you know, in the recruiting industry, you know you have great relationships when they need you, right? So when your clients have a job rec to fill or when your candidates are looking for a new position, and then once those jobs start, you sort of lose touch. And I really missed that long-term impact in working with people. And I'd always been intrigued by the coaching with the executive coaching world. And I'd always been very intrigued by leadership development. I always talk about being a student of the game, whether it's in the business world or the athletic world. And I was really a student of leadership my entire life. Growing up a coach's son, I was surrounded by uh, people that were very intentional and very focused and very committed to making a positive impact on people's lives. And so that took me to where I am now at the Molitor Group, where um, you know we're in leadership, performance, coaching, uh, development, and I do keynote speaking and have a, a phenomenal time doing a podcast that's the same title uh, as our brand, which is the Athletics of Business. And that basically is, I just told you that story, it's based off of the 
belief, the mindset that the traits and behaviors of high-performing teams and elite athletes are key to your success in business? Well, I am a firm believer that athletics and businesses are pretty much run the same way. So how are our companies just like a sports team? Let's talk about resilience and agility. And right now, aren't those two words like so important to what we're doing and how we're doing it? They are. I mean, Linda, they're so they're so critical to being successful right now. You know, there's a whole range of how I can talk about this, but very, you know, first and foremost, here's how they're similar. And and for whatever reason, people are afraid to talk about this sometimes. But the bottom line is this: we're all in this to win. We want to win. We don't put in the hours, we don't put in the work to lose, right? Now, winning is a byproduct of doing things the right way, and we'll get into that. But but Sports teams and businesses want to win. And in order to win, you've really got to embrace the fact that we're going through a huge stress of adversity right now, which is an opportunity. You know, I believe champions and I believe successful businesses and those cultures that thrive are the ones that really believe that adversity does not happen to us. Adversity happens for us. And I think resilience, you know, is a result of that. Um, You know, I talk a lot about authentic leadership. Okay, and I break that down to honesty, integrity, and vulnerability. And resilience is the ability to to really grow through the adversity, not just go through the adversity. And how do you do that together? How do you do that with the sports team? How do you do that with the business? Is you have to have a deep level of trust. And and you really that's how you compete together, right? That's how you win together, that's how you lose together. And the, the agility that you talk about. In the wake of constant change, I mean, even before the COVID and even before everything we're going through right now, it's so critical to embrace change, okay? Because if you don't embrace change, you're going to fall behind. You either change or die, and we all know that in the business world, okay? It's a constant evolution. You're constantly, you're constantly evolving as a leader. You're constantly evolving as a performer, and that shows up in your, your commitment to developing your skills and being a continuous learner. And I think that shows up in the sports world. And I think that shows up in, in the business world. And, you know, every day is a new day. You know, I've always, as I mentioned before, that athletics are a microcosm of life. Um, some of us believe that the highs are higher and the lows are lower, right? And the ability to really lock in and focus on what matters most and what you can control and to buy into and embrace the process and to really really not get bored with the basics and to lock into the fundamentals are so key to your success. I agree. Fundamentals are definitely the key. Now you mentioned something that I wrote down and I want you to expand upon it a little bit. You talked about quote, doing the right thing. How do we know we're doing the right thing? What is the right thing? Well, first and foremost, I think as an organization, you have to define what success means to you. Okay. And then you have to really get crystal clear on what your purpose is. And there has to be a singleness of purpose within the organization, within the teams inside of that organization. And then are your behaviors, your actions, your execution, are those aligned with the values that you state and the values that you stand for? And it's really easy. And it's not you know, it's not that difficult. It's not rocket science. It's not brain surgery to know if you're doing the right thing in terms of that being related to your core values as an organization. I've heard of a lot of companies right now that are going back to the basics. We're rethinking strategy. We're rethinking how we're doing things. We're reviewing the basics, but with a twist. So how can managers managers or business owners, 
how can they assist their employees in unlocking that potential, that true potential, that getting that resilience, getting that agility, but at the same time, include motivation and productivity? Because those two things are tough right now. That's a great question, Linda. But and here's the thing that we know about today's workforce. Okay. They want three things. First and foremost, they want to know that they're valued. Okay. They want to know that they mean something to you as a leader and to the organization. Secondly, they want to know that the work they do is important, that it has meaning. And finally, they want to be coached. And I think that is something as leaders, as managers, you have to lock in. And I mean, you have to, you get to lock in and get to know your people at a very deep level. You get to know what makes them tick. You get to jump in and take the journey with them and not the old command and control like you have to do this for us to achieve this. Yes, there are guidelines, right? There are goals, there are visions, but you really have to lock in and develop them as a complete person and explain the why, the why you're doing things and the how we're going to do it together. And then you have to let them go do it and you have to let them learn how to do it and you have to give them guidance. And I believe as a leader, and, I, and you think about the coaches in athletics that have made the most, the biggest impact on your life, okay? What did they have the ability, the ability to do? They were able to see something in you that you may not have been able to see in yourself. And are we taking time as leaders in the business world, are we taking time to identify those strengths and identify that potential in each person on an individual basis, okay? You know, and I'll hear sometimes from my clients, well, I can't afford to do that you know, time-wise. And, and my answer to them is really simple. Well, you can't afford not to do it. Okay. And it's, it's incredible though. And the byproduct of those relationships is, is unbelievable. And when they know that they can trust you, okay, they're going to run through a wall for you. They're going to identify every opportunity they can to contribute to the greater good. They're going to realize that they're a part of something bigger than themselves. And I think something that's really significant and, and this is so key and so critical is you have to communicate to your people what their role is. Here is your role on our team. Here's where we need you. Okay, now take it a step further. Inside of that role, what's your real role? So what do I mean by that? Are you the quiet one on the team that just goes about their business and knocks out work, but people know that they can come to you when they have a problem? Are you the one that needs to come to the office every single day and bring the energy? Are you the one that has to be there first and leave last? Are you the one that kind of flies on under the radar and does their work, but speaks up? And when you speak up, people listen because you don't say a whole lot, but when you say something, it means something. Like what's your role inside your role? And embrace it right? And show your people the opportunities for them to grow and create a compelling vision for them. Because when you do that, when you create a compelling vision for them, they're going to get emotionally attached to that vision and the purpose that you're all working for every single day. And when you get them outside their comfort zone and let them get out there and let them fail and let them learn from failure, okay? Don't don't hover around them like, like so many parents do with their young kids these days, especially their athletes. You know, push them push them. You know, Greg Popovich of the San Antonio Spurs has a great line and and Steve Kerr lives it every day still, but hug them and hold them, right? Let them know that they mean something to you. Be compassionate, but man, you got to hold them accountable too. You have to hold them accountable. You know, you talked about that deep level of knowledge, knowing your employees. It's encouraging to hear that for the mere fact that we've been telling our salespeople our account managers, our account representatives, 
that they need to know their customers and clients so mm-hmm. well that they can provide resources and tools to that customer before they even know it. Mm-hmm. But managers and owners need to do that of their own staff. They need to know their staff so well that they know how to motivate them. They know how to create additional productivity. They need to know what makes them tick. Mm -hmm. Now, that's a culture change, isn't it? Oh, it's a huge game changer. It really is. Because when when you do that, and let me back up a little bit, it is a huge culture change. And, And when you talk about what you do with your customers, your clients, that's huge. But and it goes back to listening, right? Listening to understand, you know, and, and to know what's really being said. But something that I think we need to talk about, you know, as a business world, in addition to the listening, is asking the right questions at the right time. And I think that's so critical in, in listening to not only what they're saying, but what they're not saying. And then to ask the follow-up question. And I think that's so critical. And you have to do it with your team. And when you do that with your team, the level of trust in, you know, I, I mentioned authentic leadership earlier, right? Honesty, integrity, and vulnerability. And let's talk about the vulnerability piece just for a second. People view vulnerability as a weakness when actually it makes you more powerful in the sense that it develops such a deep level of trust. Because when you have the ability as a leader to go to your people and say, listen, I got a gap here. I need your help. Okay, this is where we're at. We need to get here and there's something missing. I'm not sure what it is. Can you help me? What are your thoughts? What's your insight? What experience have you had with this? Think of the value. And then you get out of the way and you just listen. And think of the value that you're adding to that person on your team and how important they are going to feel. Okay. And how their stock is going to rise in their eyes. As you talk about, you know, raising them up and getting them to to reach their level of potential, and when when they do that, they're when you make yourself vulnerable to them, they are in return going to open up more to you. You're going to see more of them. You're going to hear more of them. Which what does that do? That lets you know them at a deeper level, a better idea of what makes them tick, and it gives you the ability to put them in position to be more successful in the future. Listening is so important. We all can do a much better job of listening. I know myself, I tend to get so excited when I hear something that really motivates me that I interrupt the other person to tell them that instead of letting them finish their thought and then chime in. So we all need to listen more. So what you're saying is not only do account managers and salespeople have to be consultants for their customers, but our managers, our leadership need to be consultants for their own employees, whether it's administrators, examiners, underwriters, salespeople, account managers, everyone. And until they do that, they're not going to be able to pull out that greatness from their employees. No. And your job as a leader is to develop the people around you. And how do you do that? Right. And if you want to, if you want to bring it back into and compare it to athletics, you know, one of my favorite things to do as a coach was to call, you would turn it over to the, to usually to the point guard, right. Or at least your captains on the floor during the game. There's so much very, it's very relatable to what's going on in this world. Now there's so much going on in the game. There's so much chaos. There's so many distractions. The game's fluid. It's always changed. 
changing. You call that player over and you say, what do you see out there? Because they're going to see and feel something that you can't from the sidelines. Just like in the business world, your people that are in the trenches, that are executing, that, that, you know, that are just deep in the X's and O's, they're going to see, feel, and hear things as a leader you might not. When you ask them what's going on, Okay, that helps them talk it out. And then all of a sudden, it's not telling them what to do. It's possibly, well, have you thought about this? What if you did this? How might this work? And that takes things to a whole different level. And let them come to the conclusion versus you telling them what to do. They've gone there on their own. Yeah. And let them let them own their success and let them own their growth, right? And let them own their failure and learn from it and, and be able to embrace it because you've created that type of culture and that type of environment within your organization, within your team, where it's safe to fail, not soft. I, you know, people mistake a safe environment versus soft environment. No, it's safe to fail. All right. It's safe to speak up. It's safe to ask questions because we all want the same thing and that's it to really chase you know pursue success and you know a soft environment is one where people make excuses where they kind of spin where there's no accountability where it's like kind of let's just get through this let's try to hit the numbers keep our fingers crossed no not at all right and they pay lip service to growth and they pay lip service to division no you want to develop your people and give them an opportunity every single day to just get better We need a lot of new point guards, don't we? And we need them with court awareness. Everybody on the court to be aware. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How do we create that awareness? Well, I I think, first of all, it it starts with the individual, right? And you have to somehow facilitate, you know, for what I do. I mean, I I work with my clients and we we focus on self-awareness. I mean, self-awareness is a single most it's the number one determinative factor of the level of success predictor level of success of CEOs of C-suite executives. Okay. And we work a lot on self-awareness. Where are we at? Where are we going? What's holding us back? Where are our gaps? Where's our blind spots? What distractions are in the world? But you know what? What am I really good at? What are my strengths? I'm going to double down on that. I'm going to hammer that home in, in, in the basics. And you know, in terms of vision, you think about the great ones, right? They see things before they're going to happen. It goes back to the lesson Wayne Gretzky's father told him at a very young age, you know, go to where the puck is going to be. And in the business world, that is so critical. And, um, you know, on my podcast, I have some amazing guests on my podcast. And, and one of the gentlemen I just recently had on, Matt Ishbia. Matt is a president and CEO of United Wholesale Mortgage, who just had uh, the merger with um, Gore's Holdings 4, which is a SPAC. And, you know, they were valued at $16.1 billion. Matt goes back to his days as a walk-on from Tom Izzle, learning the lessons that got him to where he is today. And he, he talks about the fact that, okay, we got into this time. I understand where, where our industry is right now. I also understand where it's going with, with rates, with refinance, with purchase business, with all of this. And I knew I had to pivot. I knew I had to make a change. And I knew I had to do something. And this whole this this whole merge, this whole acquisition, it never started to formulate until late spring. And now it's you know, it's already been a sealed deal. And it was all because he had a vision of where things were heading. And now there's people chasing United Wholesale Mortgage to do something similar. Now they had a very detailed playbook. Mm-hmm. Right. You talk about this in your ebook and you talk about embracing the power of greatness. Tell us a little bit about that. 
Well, it's funny because greatness is what? Greatness is found in the details. It's found in the little things. It's found in the process. And if you were to really study, which is something I've done my entire life, if you study the best of the best, they don't wake up every single day and say, today, I am going to be the best. Okay. Their focus is on being my best, even when they're not at their best. And the big trick, like being great can sometimes be easy. And what do I mean by that? The, the real trick is in being good every single day. The real trick, greatness lies in the consistency of locking into the process and doing it every single day. So identifying what it is you need to do to achieve those goals. And one of the things, you know, one of the things Matt talked about that uh, ties into the ebook, Embracing uh, the Power of Greatness, was incremental vision and dominating the goals in front of you. Just be locked into the things that you can control right? Understand what your game plan is. You know, here's what we want to accomplish. Here are the projects we need to get there. And inside of those projects, here are the tasks. Okay. And then inside of those tasks, here's what I need to do right now. Like right this very minute, here's what I need to do. And inside of that moment, just be the best you possibly can be and work on getting better. And that's where the power of greatness comes from. I mean, it's just, it's the every day, you know, you look at Kobe Bryant, And I truly believe that Kobe Bryant's best days were ahead of him. His legacy was really just beginning. And Kobe Bryant flat out said the reason he was the greatest player in the world was because he never got bored with the basics. Every single day, you know, what are you doing in the unseen hours? Okay, what are you seeing in the darkness? How prepared are you? Now, think about this in in, in light of what we have been going through the last seven and a half months. What are you doing to prepare for that moment? when you don't have time to prepare. And at the start of the whole COVID and the pandemic, I said to my several of my podcast guests and and some friends that that are uh, mentors, peers, kind of in a circle of uh, influence that I have, I said, here's what's going to happen. I said, one of two things is going to happen. Your ability, your leadership, the quality and the level of your authenticity and your leadership ability is either going to be revealed, meaning in a positive way, because it's really going to shine through, Or it's going to be exposed in the sense that you've been paying lip service to doing things the right way. And the people where it was revealed are doing things the right way every single day consistently. And that's really where greatness comes from. The power of the basics. Ed, I really want to thank you for joining us today. If you take anything, any little nugget out of this podcast or a couple things that really stood out to me, number one get to know your staff better than they know themselves in order to push your company forward. And also the power of those basics every single day, no matter what distractions are thrown your way. Ed, thank you so much for joining us. We would love to have you on again so that you and I can work on that playbook. Absolutely. I look forward to it. Let me know. I will. Thank Thank you so much, Linda. You're very welcome. If you have questions, comments, or would like us to feature a specific topic, email fnfeducation at fnf.com. Thanks for downloading FNF Unplugged, a presentation of the FNF family of companies. Copyright 2020, all rights reserved. This podcast is being provided for informational purposes only. The podcast is not a comprehensive overview of the subject and is not intended to provide legal or financial advice or an endorsement of any product or business. 
The views expressed by podcast guests are their own, and their appearance on the podcast does not imply any endorsement of them or any entity they represent, including Fidelity National Financial or its directors. Please seek legal or financial advice before taking any action on the matters or products discussed herein.